Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to the Who To Be A podcast. I'm your host, Jim Chisholm, and I'm joined by everybody's favourite football writers, Rory Benson and Mel Booth, and nobody's favourite anything, Alistair Bell. (laughs) On today's episode, we're going to review Saturday's disappointing 3-0 defeat to Chelsea before looking ahead to this weekend's tie at the Etihad. So I'm going to start by throwing a grenade in the room, right? And I'm going to ask, after Saturday... Is it time for us to move beyond the underdog mentality that served us so well last season? This is something that Nick Miller in The Guardian said. We need to stop playing the underdog and realise we're here for a reason. Mel? Um, I think that um, it has suited David Wagner to be like that. And I don't think that it is a defeat, defeatist attitude, even against the bigger clubs. I think it's just... A realistic approach basically um, I think we are um, the underdogs in these games against the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City um, it's it's pretty obvious but I think the thing that David Wagner always does say and it often gets overlooked is the fact that you always have a chance and you've got to work to make the most of that chance and I think that's the message that he gets across to his players on the training ground. I don't think it's a defeatist thing and I don't think it's a we've lost before we start. In fact, he even said that in the press conference today ahead of the Manchester City game. We will not be defeated before the game is over, before the game has started, sorry. So I think that the the message that he gives to the players on the training ground is um, slightly tweaked and much more positive, but it is about making the most of the opportunities that you do get against the very best teams uh, and that is potentially really the only route that town are, are going to win because when you you know you add up the numbers and you look at the the quality of the staffs there's certainly the top six obviously as we all know a miles ahead of everyone else so i don't think it's a black and white where the where the underdogs and we've got no chance of winning there at all that's not how professional sportsmen work that's not how professional sportsmen are motivated and I certainly don't think that that's the message that goes on down uh, at PPG Canal side. I think that Wagner has just been um, realistic, but I think that there'll be a lot more positive input into that message when it goes to the players on the training ground. Rory, what do you think? Yeah, I think motivation comes into it quite a lot. I think, although I don't think it's a defeatist attitude at all. I think he's he is being realistic, as Mel said. You know, Town are the least sort of well resource team in the league is that's just fact and that's what David Wagner's saying and it's not about taking people's expectations and lowering them it's saying this is where the expectations are saying that to his players and saying we know as a group we've got more than what these people are saying we have um, whether that be as individuals or as a team and I think he does use that to, to spur the players on and uh, the 
in the promotion winning season when Ian Holloway did his predictions and predicted time to get relegated and stuff like that he spoke about having that in the changing room and saying right we're playing QPR now this is what their manager said at the start of the game and I think they went out and won that game 2-1 away from home yeah. um, which just shows exactly what he's trying to do in the Premier League again saying you know this is what we've been written off again time and time again um, yeah we might not be the, the most well resourced obviously town are growing and things like that but we're going to take that we're going to take all the negativity around us and turn it into a real positive for us and be able to stick it to people like that who just write them off week in week out every season as it started in the championship now into the Premier League Al, what do you, as, a, as a fan what do you think of the underdog shtick? I think um, yeah I think it's a bit more positive than it's been painted out in, in the article um, however, I think it has been used perhaps at times by, by Wagner to maybe take the pressure off himself a bit when he's under the cosh. Um, but I would also say that in terms of going forwards, there is sort of a limited time on how much that can be used, the underdog, before people like the players and the fans as well start to get a bit bored of it and they start to want to maybe want a bit more. And I think that that's like the real test for Huddersfield when we get to that point. Maybe if we stay up this season, then next season when... If once we've been in the Premier League for a few years, we can't. It's hard for us to start carry on claiming we are the underdogs again. So I think uh, that's probably sort of my only warning against it. It's sort of got a time limit on how long you can use it for, really. I think we we saw that with Bournemouth really when they yeah. first came up. It was like backs backs against mm. the wall, but they're more or less established in the Premier League now, which yeah. seems weird. To but say, they're but... sort of quite a good team, though Bournemouth, and play still play mm. some quite mm. nice football. So I think. Not a bad model model for us to follow. I think the public message might change as well yeah. with more results against the bigger clubs. You mm-hmm. know, the more that town get points and get wins, you know, like they did famously at home against Man United, for instance, last season. More results like that will bring a change in emphasis, I'm sure. I mean, Saturday's performance was the performance of an underdog, wasn't it? So, can, Mel, do you want to take us through what you thought of the opening day not an ideal way to start but was it a free hit um i thought town in the first half played really encouragingly well um i thought the the two fullbacks got forward well i thought we got in some great positions um again i thought that our service could improve into the box um some of the crosses went astray but i thought we got in great positions to put the ball in the box um and i thought that it comes down to that clinical edge again, like we talked through last season, Jim, doesn't it? Where, you know, you've you've got to make the most of some of those opportunities, and it didn't quite happen. Um, I think we've got a the set piece thing was encouraging as well. The flick on from Zanka, and Mounier hit the inside of the post. But I think free kicks are something that we can exploit more against the big clubs as well. There's no reason why you know to use your phrase, chuck a grenade in there and come up with something that they're not expecting when you've got an attacking. Free kick, so I think we we've got we've got um, some yards that we can make there as well. But I thought that the midfield functioned pretty well. Chelsea didn't have a great deal of luck. They ran through, through us once or twice, uh, and it was a lovely little move to to earn the penalty. And I think it was the penalty that really killed us. Yeah. And I think it was also the penalty that really forced David Hand. If you read between the lines, forced David Wagner's hand to make that change with De Potter coming on to partner Mounier up front in the second half. But I thought the first half performance, there was plenty to be encouraged about, even against a team as as talented as Chelsea, and even playing from this deep block that 
mm. that the boss likes to talk about. So I thought there was plenty of encouragement there. Um, what was disappointing was it took us far too long to get to grips with the new formation and the new personnel in the second half. It was just flat and it, it, it went out the stadium as well. Mm. Um, it just got a little bit flat and then by the time town did get it going... And they had a really good spell with Adders and I getting forward and a few mm. balls flying here, there and everywhere across the box. Billing went very close, didn't he, with that effort? Yeah, yeah. Which, as far as I'm concerned, the keeper still tipped it over the yeah. bar. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> but um, Town had just got it going and if they could have got a goal back then and been 2-1 down, the last 20 minutes might have been very interesting. But, of course, Hazard turned it with his, his bit of class and his burst through the middle and... Um, these are the these are the ways you can get picked off by really good teams. But I thought there were I did I did agree actually the first half I thought was quite encouraging for town, uh, and certainly plenty of um, uh, of little things that they can build on. I think their manager actually said for the first twenty minutes he said oh his team looked in trouble didn't they? Yeah. that's what he yeah, said he did, yeah. today. I think yeah. he like to say he was quite right. It was in the first half very encouraging, and when we when they scored with a Mooney chance almost straight away it was encouraging. I just thought. I think what let us down was with their first goal. They can't say it was a lucky goal off his shins, but I think if you look at like the replay, I don't want to scapegoat anyone, but uh, like Phil Billing, he looked over his shoulder when he was running back and sort of saw Kante, but he didn't seem to make much of an effort to sort of get tighter to him, and then Kante sort of was pretty much free and scored. I think again as well, if you look at the final goal, I think Congola has to come across to the man of the ball, and then he leaves. Um, I think he leaves with Pedro and ended up scoring completely on his own. Where I think Phil Billing had sort of seen that, I then pegged it back to uh, to keep track of Pedro, but he didn't. So I'd like to see more of Phil Billing sort of develop develop this season. Um, but I think he does need to improve in terms of being able to adapt in the game and being able to switch his man who he's marking and uh, be a bit quicker sort of thinking. Rory, any thoughts? Yeah, I think one thing. That stands out to me is which has been sort of rife on social media is is talk about the referee's performance during the game. Um, you know, you mentioned Mel mentioned Billing's effort, which was tipped over and things like that. I think the penalty as well. It was, it's just so fifty fifty that it. I thought it was very very unlucky for Town. Although I can see why the referee's given it, it was very unlucky for Town to concede it at that point. And that, like you say, that just killed the game. I think once you get a team like Chelsea or Man City, Man United two 0 up. There's not there's not really much mm. you can do from there, and then to try and get the atmosphere going in the second half when you come out at two 0 down, it's always going to be more difficult. I think they went to two up front, which as much as yeah, I think that was probably a good decision. You can't just go to two up front when you haven't ever played like that before. You yeah. need to be able to to call on experience and have those have Mounier and Depoitier working together throughout pre season and throughout the sort of certain games during the season so that you can go to that um, it's never really worked before has it either I can't remember a time when we've gone two up front and it's ever seemed to look yeah, good, yeah. I th- usually when they go two up front they'll stick Alex Pritchard there yeah. who kind of plays as the number 10 around the striker and yeah. that foil seems to work but when you have two players who are very similar mm. who have never really played together even during pre-season we've, we've only ever really seen one up front from David Wagner to go to two mm. in a game like that where you're chasing it against Chelsea I wasn't yeah. sure if that was the best idea at the time I, th- I thought at the time that he would have gone for the wingers you know we've bought pace mm. in, the, in, the, in the window um, and I thought it would have been an opportunity 
to get more back to a bit like we did last season where you've got the two wide men. You've got the option with the pace of someone like Diacabi who looks like he's lightning to, to knock the ball in behind him and get them turned and get some pressure on them in their final third. And I thought that at half time when I was doing the bit of commentary about it, I thought that that would have been the way to go just to give Chelsea a little bit more to think about. But it, it didn't go that way. He went... He went um, for Dupuatra to go on, and as I've already said, I think it took us took us too long uh, to get to grips with it. With regard to the referee, I thought he was poor. Um, I thought he was. I'm t- I'm waving my uh, fingers in the air here, doing the old inverted commas, folks. <laughs> but um, I thought he was a big club referee. Um, yeah. uh, you know, they, they seem, and I'm not alleging that he was doing this. Sounds really. like you are, Mel. <laughs> but they seem, seem. To uh, edge things towards the bigger teams on occasion. It's a hell of an allegation. To me, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, it's, I know it's a frustration, but it, it did seem at times that um, we didn't get the rub of the green, let's put it that way. It sounds like new season, same old problems, which is perhaps not surprising given the fact that apart from Hamer, it was everybody who played for us last season, you know, last season's time. What, what did you make um, to, to Hamer's debut? And what do you make of the fact that he was chosen ahead of Lursel? Well, personally, I would have chosen him ahead of Lursel last week. I didn't think there was any doubt about it at all, to be quite honest, because Jonas hasn't played much in pre-season at all. So you're talking about match sharpness. And as we all know, David Wagner wants everyone to be in there in training, training at a hundred percent, and being sharp, whichever position you are. So I, I never had any doubt that he would pick Ben Hamer because Hamer, to be fair, in pre-season has looked excellent. He really has looked good. Um, and the only thing which I think obviously let him down, and I think everyone else picked up on as well, was his distribution. Um, he, he didn't find enough men uh, with the ball, which was unfortunate. Um, but I think I think he'll be in there again on Sunday as well. Um, I think it's a great battle to have though, because Lursel, you know, he was quality last season. Let's face mm. it, played a big part in helping keep Town up, and um, he will be back, and he'll certainly be battling for that shirt. So Hamer, if he doesn't produce, he'll be out of there at the first opportunity because you've got a guy coming out of the World Cup who will be itching to go having been in there for present last season so I wasn't surprised by it um, I think the only thing that he, I don't think he had much chance with any of the goals really um, so I think the, the basic thing which let Ben down was his was his distribution I think he's now I think he'll probably start again against Man City I don't think Lursel's probably had enough time yet you know, he's played, Lursel played 45 minutes of football since May so and he's been away and not had the preseason that everyone else has had. So I would expect Hamer to start again, but I think he's in a an interesting position in that he's got the number one shirt because Lursel's been away with the World Cup and everything like that. And that shirt's going to be his if he continues to have yeah. good game after good game. That shirt will be his until he has a bad game and they need to swap it. I don't think you can take a goalkeeper out who's in good form whether he's your number one or not yeah. if he's making saves you've got to keep him in the team so although he didn't have his strongest game against Chelsea I think this Man City match will be the one where if he has a sensational game he can really stake his claim for the number one shirt for the rest of the season I mean do you think it is purely based on the fact that Lursel is coming back from the World Cup 
because I saw some of Wagner's comments after the game, which suggested there was something else to it. He basically said that last season's last season, this is a new season, you know, Jonas, Jonas has come back late, but also he's not been in form. And I thought it was a strange thing to say because he'd not played in the World Cup, he'd not played in pre-season. So maybe in training he's, he's not been impressing or something. So I thought it was still quite a bold gambit to, to go for that, considering how much of a of a fan hero Lursel was, particularly last season, you know, particularly off the back of the, the Chelsea game. Alistair, do you have anything to say in that regard? In there? I was surprised, but then again, because my, my interest in Towns pre-season was cut short after... Going to Accrington and the season yeah, three 0 was a bad day. I just like I'm, I'll just wait till the start of the season. So, so, so I was surprised when I saw Ben Hamer step up. But uh, just the kind of insight you expect yeah, on this podcast. <laughs> More definitely heart overhead. But the um, but yeah, I mean, and like you say, last for me last season, like Russell deserved to be number one this season. But um, that's pretty much all I've got to say on the matter, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I. I, I I'm just trying to create a controversy, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) These are the decisions that David Wagner has to make, though. That's why he signed the guy to get some... You know, there was no competition for Jonas Lossel last season, realistically. Although, you know, Joel Coleman, I think, did quite well when he got his his odd chances. But um, this is, you know, if town are going to progress and they are going to become established, you know... The players who were in that lineup, but you're really looking to replace every single one of them, aren't you? You've yeah. got to gradually improve all the time, and if you can get a a player in of you know the quality of um, of Hamer, who's you know had a long stint at Charlton, he played um, a dozen Premier League games for Leicester, played in the Champions League as well. Mm. It's you know the, these are the steps that you've got mm. to make, and yeah. at this moment in time. He's the guy who's gone in and, put, and impressed during pre-season, whereas Jonas Russell has been away, been to the World Cup, he's had a family holiday, then he's come back. So the 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 thing, the 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 biggest part of that commentary that you were talking about that David Wagner said about the two goalkeepers, I took the one where he said that you know Jonas is not in the best shape yet, mm. was the one that you know, and he was asked today about whether Russell had made up ground in the fitness stakes and he said yeah they've both had good weeks and he is making up ground which is no more than I expected yeah. Yeah. so yeah. So speaking of new signings do you think we'll see any of them when we play City at the Etihad this Sunday I think we'll need some of the quick lads well <coughs> I think for instance what, county, yeah. what Mel said I, I would yeah. agree with if, we, if we're going to have to hit teams on the counter mm. someone like Diakabi might add some pace or um, Benza you know you, you can only defend for so long, if we keep yeah. um, Umbenza yeah. off corners. I think he had. Did he have yeah, a yeah. corner? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was Dear Carby. Oh, was it? Was sorry. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Shocking, yeah. <laughs> so, do you think? Do you think we'll see some some change in personnel? I mean, I, I saw from the, the press conference you've just been to that, that Zanka and, and Hogg are doubtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think that'll that'll determine whether whether they change or not. Obviously, Zanka being out is is a big miss. David Wagner said that John John Stankovic would be the like for like replacement. Do you think we'll go up to a back four instead of playing three with Zanka? Yeah, I think it'll go to a back four. I don't think that they'll they'll put Stankovic in against City. Um, he didn't have a great time at the away match in the cup a couple of years, years no, ago. Did. I didn't either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think, I think it'll go four at the back. I think we'll see we'll see Schindler and Congolo in centre back. I wouldn't be surprised, especially if Hogs out, if we see Hudjanai in the centre of the park. 
which would make room for Smith and Lerber at, at the fullback positions. You know, Aaron Moy and Phil Billy. There's probably still going to be three in, in centre midfield, I imagine, um, just so they don't get overrun. And then after that, you know, you're probably looking at a 4 5 1, I would say. Um, what that does give you is the option of bringing in the new guys with pace on the wings. Um, and you can kind of say to one of them, right, well, if, we, if we're in possession, one of you go and we'll play a 4 4 2 in attack and a 4 5 1 in defence. Um, so I would like to see it, especially Diakabi and Mbenza, who both look like they've got a lot of pace. It'll be nice to see them sort of just stretch the pitch a bit mm. and give City something else to, to think about, which I guess is what we saw, despite Lauren Departure not being the fastest, that's what we saw against Chelsea last year when the ball over the top ball, came. Yeah. 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 Just and they do, and City do play an incredibly high line. Yeah, exactly. And I think with some someone with pace, at least they're going to have to think about that and City won't just press forward and have all 11 players inside the town half. They will have to keep one person back at least just for that option of uh, of the ball over the top yeah there's uh, with it, at the risk of repeating things I go along with a, a lot of what Rory said there I, I would like to see us have that option to to, to, to pop the, just pop the ball past them mm. see what happens you never know and if you've got somebody who's electric play, pace like Diakabe, um maybe Ramadan as well might, might mm. get the option I mean you know the, the, the guys come with a you know uh, a reputation that you know he can he can do a job, so you know I think having bought them, you know he may not ideally have wanted to throw them in, but maybe it's an ideal chance. Uh, I mean, I think we'll say that nobody <laughs> expects us to to beat Man City. So if you're going to throw them in, throw them in a, a a game where we've got nothing to lose. True. Yeah. I think we definitely need to have a go uh, against Man City and have a good performance because we don't want to get caught into the trap of just sort of almost giving up before we play your Man Cities and your Chelsea's and just relying on your, your Cardiff's at home and everything like that. Cause, um, and as well, I mean, if we, if if things turn quickly, don't then if 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 we lose to Man City and then yeah we lose yeah. to Cardiff yeah yeah then that does put us on things. So yeah, people start talking about us being down already and things like that. And the other thing is, these lads are going to be itchy to go. <coughs> yeah, right? they, yeah, yeah, yeah. was the only one who, who yeah. got a look in um, last weekend, wasn't he? And uh, uh, you know that, which was which was great for him, and I, I was pleased to see it. But these other guys are going to be itching to get mm. on the field and prove what they can do. And um, you know what better stage than the Etihad to to say go on, you've gone shows what you've got. I think last season we saw David Wagner having a bit of a reluctance, maybe though, to just throw people in. Mm. When Alex Pritchard got brought brought in from Norwich, there was a run of games there. I think it was uh, United and Liverpool mm. in that run, um, and we didn't really see Pritchard. I think the first game, I think he played against Stoke uh, in the game that they lost away from home, but then didn't play for a few weeks because of the sort of the big teams coming. And I think maybe now. Although maybe, especially in Benzer, who's come later in the pre-season, he might not have the defensive mindset that David Wagner wants. He's not learned about the system yet. Part of me just thinks, well, it, it is a free hit of a game anyway, so you may as well start mm. and, and use his pace. Yeah, defensively, he might not give you that option. He might you know, give City a chance, which in all likelihood they will punish, but he may also give you chances or at least create space for other people in, in the offensive side of things as well. And if, if he's going to pack it in the middle... You know, you're looking at people like Sabiri and Bakuna, aren't you? We've, mm. we've not seen a great deal of at all. So whether they're quite ready to go into a, a match and do what you know the manager wants out of it, sorry, the head coach wants out of it, 
um, there, there's going to be a question mark. So as he admitted in the press conference, he's got a lot of hard thinking to do. Historically, like you say, I mean, he's, he's new signings in uh, historically, so he'll probably do that again this time. The only trouble is with the team that we had last season, it's going to be a very different fixture to the, the away leg, obviously. like We had everything to play for and City had nothing, and you could tell that by the game. Uh, their build-up play was sort of quite lazy, and now we're, like, we were just shutting them down as quickly as we can. So it's going to be a very different Man City team, that sort of beast that we're, uh, we're trying to play against. So I think he does need to do something slightly different if was, we are going to do. Have you seen this Amazon documentary on Man City? <clears throat> comes out today. Yeah. Maybe you just watch that. That's mm, that's yeah. your opposition research. <laughs> like that. Um, I think David Wagner was asked about that. And he said he hasn't got Amazon. <laughs> no, he can, he can have mine. He's right. He's right. Everyone, everyone else, everyone else has yeah. got mine. Yeah, God. Um, anything, anything else about that, that game that you think would be interesting or something to discuss? or Man City? Mahrez? Mahrez, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's, it's almost come off the back of, of last season where we played City and then Chelsea, we're playing Chelsea and City, yeah. City again, and you do feel like you're, you're preening yourself, don't you? But <clears throat> there is not much else to say. We're going to have to play in a, in a, in a similar style, aren't we? Yes. Um, I, I know I saw them against um, Arsenal and, and, and they seemed to win mm. that at Canter. Um, I know people are saying, "Well, De Bruyne's out, so you know we've got a chance there." But you know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter one bit, does it? They can just replace him with. We're gonna have to be the underdog, I think, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. It may be mirrors a little bit of perhaps the approach we had at home last season. Maybe it'll be along those lines. I don't know. It almost paid off. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for that almost free <laughs> looping deflection or whatever it was. But I think Mares will be. Yeah, he'll be one. He'll be one to to watch for them. It's his home debut, isn't it? So mm. uh, he'll be keen to impress, no doubt. And the last time he played us, we didn't stop him scoring. So. We play really badly on early kickoffs as well. Mm. We do. Mm. I don't know why. If it's a dinner, if it's sort of a lunchtime ish kickoff, mm. rubbish. Apart from that one time we played Bournemouth, I think. And Leeds, I remember as well. Yeah, all right. Okay, every rule has an <laughs> exception or eight. Yeah. Um, so we've got some questions from the, the masses of Twitter. Um, Jacob Rogers asks, is this season another free hit for Wagner? No matter what happens, should he be the manager next season? Well, he will be the manager next season because he's yeah. signed a longer-term contract. I can't see... Um, I can't see that changing. Um, there's obviously the question of whether someone will come in for him and uh, trigger any sort of uh, movement out of the club. He's been very, very firm in his conviction to town and every time he's been asked about it in recent weeks, he said, you know, this does not feel like any time I need to mm. think about moving on. So I think he would like to stay and take this project to the next step what is the next step well becoming established in the mm. Premier League like a Burnley type rather than yeah. rather European than European football yeah, yeah, yeah. minimum yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but rather than struggling on Jim yeah I think it's a, you know making that next step up into the middle of the Premier League rather than being in the the lower echelons of it but um, as to being a free hit I don't think so I think there is more expectation uh, on what can town can do this season um, I really do. I think people want to see progress and they want to see these signings that Town have made, albeit they are pretty much all young men. These are guys who are going to be around 
for the for you know in the next few years they're going to be getting into the real prime of their career mm. and if we still are in the in the top flight this is going to be great to have these guys there these are lads who are not bought for this season and next they're here for a few yeah. years I think our average age is 25 or something like that yeah, quite yeah, young it's probably, yeah. so you know the, the, I think people are, are encouraged by that and I think that but I do think that they want to see progress from town this season I mean, kind of a, a related question in terms of what is what is expected of us. Uh, Joseph McGregor on Twitter, who's a real life US American um, from Texas, asks: Are there three teams in the Premier League who are worse than Town? Which is an interesting way of looking at it. Um, I'd say this season maybe Newcastle because they haven't really strengthened. Newcastle, yeah, I'd say. I, I don't know what they offer that we don't. Full, in fact, because we didn't have a sort of pre-season yeah. podcast, can you just go around and tell me who you think is going down? Mel, I'll start with you. Okay. It's a difficult one. I mean, we all look, don't we? We all look at the table and you try to find three teams, don't you? you and I think this season there are a clump and it mm. could be anyone from that clump. I really do yeah. think, mm. and we're among them. Don't get me wrong. I think there are eight and nine. You said like in Newcastle, yeah. there's going to be someone who's going to drop out of there. You don't expect who as you well. don't expect as yeah. well. So I think it's very difficult just to pick three out of that and say I think they're going to go yeah. down. I think there are a real clump who are under threat. Yeah, I think there's just there's a load of teams like you say at a similar level, mm. and it it kind of depends on not only the football that they play, but the sort of outside circumstances. Like last year, West Brom were, were amongst the teams and then they got cut adrift because, I would say, because of the managerial changeover that they had, because of the players. I guess once you get into that losing... Taxi year. Yeah, yeah exactly. The players not not sort of behaving off and on the pitch. So it depends on that. I think we will see one team get cut adrift again. You hoped that's not going to be Huddersfield Town. And I think usually the team that gets cut, cut adrift, you do tend to see problems in and around the changing room as well, which I don't think we will see at town. They seem like a, a pretty set bunch. So I think they'll give it a good go this year. Whether I think there's three teams that are less than town, I agree with Mel, there's probably 12 teams who, who are all of a similar standard, and then it depends on what, what happens after that. Um, but I'm, I'm relatively hopeful. That so, two great non-answers there. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to get paid for this? Newcastle. Are you going to give me three actual answers? Newcastle, Cardiff, <laughs> and I want to say Wolves so much, but they spend so much money. So I might Southampton. I say Newcastle, Cardiff, Southampton. I, I think yeah. I think Fulham will go down. I think they'll get turned over. I mean, I know you're kind of which is great manager, but I think they'll get turned over again and again playing that kind of football. Blackpool-esque. Yeah, Ka- Cardiff, I think, uh, they're going to fight for every point, but I, I just don't think they've got enough in them yeah. to, to survive. And I do think Southam- Southampton, mm-hmm. even, you know, uh, I think over the long term, I think, yeah, so I think there are three worst teams in us. I think there's probably are four or five worst teams in us. I think if you look at it, the gap now between the top six or seven and the rest of the Premier League, mm-hmm. there are a lot of bang average teams mm. in this league including us exactly yeah. <laughs> and long may it continue um, so I think that's about it unless anyone else has anything they would like to add insightfully no silence people shaking it's, 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 it's a Friday afternoon everyone wants to go I'm home. looking forward to playing Cardiff <laughs> yeah that's the only game I'm looking forward to <laughs> Um, I, think, I think we've got to get we've got to get some goals, haven't we? Looking yeah, at it as well. Yeah, I think yeah. we've talked about town. You know, people expecting improvement from town. One of the areas there has got to be scoring more goals. Yeah, 
famously sometimes in football you do have to score goals so yeah alright on that note we'll end as ever thanks for listening if you've enjoyed uh, listening today pop over to iTunes give us a 5 star review if you didn't um, you'll be pleased to know we have a new formal complaints procedure (laughs) if you just tweet abuse at Alistair um, I'll pop his, uh, his handle up. If you follow me, though, that's fine. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get <laughs> him to build followers. A constru- <laughs> constructive response. Uh, but until next time, keep the faith. <laughs>